good to see everyone today. Fall is pushing its way in, and a shift in the atmosphere is happening. Amen. Amen. It's going to get a little cooler here in the next weeks ahead. I believe that's God. Amen. <laughs> Stammering lips and another tongue. Amen. We're talking about God speaks to you. So what I would encourage you to do is choose life and live. Listen to the voice of God. Listen to the voice of God. That's so important you catch that because choosing life is directly connected to his voice. When God speaks, he's not beating anyone up. When he speaks and you listen to what he's saying, you experience the love of God. <sighs> and when you experience the love of God, amen, out of that you're able to walk with God with joy. You're not made to do anything. Anybody want to have a fellowship and relationship with God where you just want to do everything you can on behalf of his mission? Well, he wants you to have that more than you want it. So God set this thing up to where we experience his love. We experience his presence in such a way that we never do anything out of commandments. Amen. His commandments are experienced now. And because those commands exist, it's, it's the demonstration of his love. Amen. You, you, you won't go murder someone once you experience the love of God. Isn't that interesting that you won't, you won't have a spirit of greed on you when you experience the love of God and that it's not a dog eat dog world no more. Amen. God has come, amen, in us and through us, he is touching this earth, but he will not do it without his sons. Amen. Lean not on your own or lean not in your own understanding. Don't put faith in how you perceive and measure right and wrong, good and evil. God never intended for you and I to choose between good and evil. His intention was from the very beginning that we choose between life or death. And this is so important we catch it because if you don't catch that, you'll stay in the ditch measuring right and wrong, good and evil. And you'll have these facts that you have in your play. Everybody read a lot of books, get a lot of information. Amen. You've got all these facts that validate why you believe what you believe. But when you listen to God's voice, all of a sudden those facts don't have any platform no more. Because once God speaks, everything changes. Amen. And so do you need God to change your world today? I hadn't met anyone that likes living with anger, eating them up, offense. Nobody likes living bound by debt, fear, anxiousness, sickness, disease. I hadn't met anybody that say, you know, I kind of want to keep that. Amen. And we're going to find out as we consider that we hear the voice of God is that those things exist in our life because there's a lie that supports it in our life. But, Pastor, I got facts on you. I got the facts. Well, that's okay. Then you can put your faith in facts or you can put your faith in God. Which one? 
And so there's a lot of information to be gained because it's attractive, but it don't necessarily make us intelligent, does it? Amen. God is speaking to you. And, I, and I'm talking, God bless all the guests for being here today. You're so precious to him. You're here today because he's in love with you and he's talking to you and he wants you to know he's personable. Amen. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that um, uh, if God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we can do to people is to tell them that they can have a personal relationship with him. Is that true? A personal relationship with God and you don't know that he can talk to you? How can you have a personal relationship with him if he doesn't speak? And so he's asking for us Amen. To give him an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. Amen. To all of his treasure. Amen. And so why wouldn't everyone want to hear from God? Adam gives us a reason in um, Genesis chapter 3. Now this will help you a lot based on our present cultural conditions in our world right now. Most overlook the fact that God never intended for us to, to measure right and wrong. So here, here we are in Genesis 3 and 4, and the, and the serpent tells the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open. You're going to become intelligent. Amen. You're going to have your master's degree now. Pastor, be careful now. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate, and she also gave her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They now have their doctorate's degree. They've got life figured out. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. We found this out in our creative team meeting this Friday that that wasn't a good idea for them to sew fig leaves together because anybody knows anything about fig leaves? they cause problems. They're tough, yes, but uh, if you wear them around, it's not, you're not going to be happy here shortly. They cause irritation. Amen. You get scratchy. All kinds of problems begin to happen because God didn't intend us to come up with a conclusion of what covers us. He wants to be involved in what covers us. Amen. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, keep in mind, Adam had been walking with God, and at this point, he had never been afraid of God when he heard God speak. But on this particular day, amen, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. 
And then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And this is the first time God ever hears this phrase from the ones he loves so dearly. I heard you and I was afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. And so let me, let, me, let me ask you a question. Why in the world, if intelligence is so important in gathering knowledge and figuring out what's right and wrong, good or evil, if that's so important for us to have, why does it support fear and this idea of nakedness, which equals shame, guilt, amen, failure? According to Jesus, all fear, all offense, all guilt, shame, regret, sickness, disease, debt, doubt, fear, unbelief is a direct re result of the lies that we entertain in our life. And did you know that you can go to church and deal with anxiety and depression and all kinds of things that doesn't equal the dynamic of who Jesus is and as him being Amen, our Savior. Yet that would be in my life. And I have to say up here as a pastor and tell you that there's been times that I've had anger. There's been times I felt shame. There's been times I've been offended. There have been times serving as pastor that these things were in my spirit. And it took God working with me to help me recognize that's not of him. He didn't put it there. Amen. And so together we're growing in the Lord. Beautiful thing about it is that when you begin to recognize that, amen, that uh, I need to hear the voice of God on a regular basis and that hearing the voice of God, amen, is natural. It's very important that you catch this. You were born the first time from your mother's womb with the ability to hear the voice of God. But you're born again Amen. In the spirit, and it's enhanced, amen, in a spiritual, supernatural way. Amen. For, for a reason. God wants you to know that he wants you to experience him every waking day. The fact that you can breathe and exhale is a demonstration or a definition of what it's like for God to say, I want you all the time. Amen. And so uh, my heart beats. I'm able to breathe. Blood circulates in my body. I move. I have my being in him. And he's very personal. Amen. But for me to get to a place where I know that I know that I know, I can't explain to you. Now we have broken the curse of sin and death. Anybody want to break the curse of sin and death? Where anger, fear, offense, anxiety, debt, sickness, disease has no power over you. Breaking that, that curse is changing the way you think about what you perceive to be right and wrong, good and evil. Amen. God didn't design you and me to be the judge. But he did ask us to make a choice from life or death. Choose. 
Adam chose death that day, and when he chose death, he took the role of being judge. And when he took the position of being judge, which belongs to God and him only, y'all catch that? The tree of knowledge of good and evil belongs to God. This is so important for us to catch this. It's the one thing that he tells who he loves so much. He's so passionate. This is the one thing that you don't want to go there because this is the one thing that makes me Lord. The only time God said no was, this is mine. Amen? And, and he says a few other things belong to him in Scripture too. And he doesn't change his mind. He has never changed his mind about the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Do you all agree with that? To this day, it belongs to him. And if you still operate out of judgment, if you still move and have your being in this world based on your emotions leading you out to determine what's right and wrong and everybody needs to agree with me, I'm going to have a bad day. Our culture is in bad shape, aren't they? Our culture, our world needs a fresh word from heaven. They don't need a fresh word. And don't get me wrong, I'm not preaching against colleges. I'm not speaking against professors because God loves them too. But I don't need a big lecture from a professor at a university right now. I need a fresh word from heaven. Now, I may go to the university and get the lecture and pass the test and whatever I need to qualify for. But at the end of the day, I chose life. And whatever the professor taught me, if it don't match life, eh, I'm going to stay over here with daddy. Because he owns all the world and all the fullness of the world, all the businesses. He owns it all. And if he says, trust me and not that test you took, I'm going to trust him and not that professor I was being lectured by. Yeah, there may be a lot of facts involved. And I've heard people say, I believe in the science. But even science realizes there's a missing link. Even scientists will tell you, the majority of them, that's very high. They'll tell you, oh, there's a God. Science proves that. But the question remains in this room, if you believe in science more than you believe in God, your science ain't going to work out very well for you because you'll stay sick. You'll stay offended. You'll stay beat up. You'll stay full of fear and anxiety and, 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 and broken relationships. I need God, and God is speaking to you. Amen. Lean not on your own understanding. You're not the judge. He's the judge. Amen. Yep, that's good stuff. That's, that's, that's impacting my life on a new level right now. And so if you truly want to hear God... You're going to take the time to set an appointment. We found that out two weeks ago. Set an appointment. Clean out the distractions that are around you. Amen. Uh, take your heaviness, the thing that's beating you up, holding you captive, and leave it at his feet. And tune in for station identification and listen. You can't hear as long as you keep holding on to your heaviness. The anxiety, the frustration, you've got to leave it at his feet. And the way you do that is you set an appointment. 
Get all the distractions out. Lay that burden down that you're carrying and get ready. Amen. Because God is about to talk to you because you're open now. Open up. He says, open the door. Let me come in. I want to sit down and sup with you. I want to communicate with you. I want to talk to you. I want to bring to you what matters most, not the fact that you can figure this out, but when I speak into your spirit, it brings life and you can know everything's going to be okay. Does anybody would like to experience God on that level today where when you leave, I can't explain why it's okay, but it's okay. Amen. I just know it. And when we come to that kind of agreement in the spirit with God, the ministering spirits that God has already sent forth as heir, as, as, as angels for you, the heirs of salvation, his children, he chose you as royalty and the angels are there to serve a man and, and be on assignment. And today there's some of you, you're going to leave today and you're going to realize I've been doing the angels work and I ain't getting very far with it. Amen. You can't, you can't fulfill the assignment of the angels. They've been sent to on assignment for you. And if you keep leaning on the idea that you can figure it out, and when you come to the conclusion on what you feel like needs to be done, you'll be doing something that God didn't ask you to do. Amen. God needs a vessel. God needs a mouthpiece. God needs his children to be who he is. Amen. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among. You're talking about Jesus. Yeah. And then when Jesus paid the debt off, now you who are flesh are letting the word in so that he can finish what he started and you can be like him. Jesus only said what he heard his father say. And he only did, I'm talking about royalty, y'all. He didn't come to be served. He came to, be, to serve. He only did what he could see because he had clarity of vision. He seen what his father did. Anybody want to be like daddy? Which daddy do you follow? Amen. God is speaking to you. And so the Bible opens with God speaking and the Bible closes with God speaking. And every book in the Bible declares that God speaks to humanity. God comes to prepare an atmosphere in all of our lives. Let me give you Exodus 19. It says here, God, God likes to set an appointment. Y'all believe that? God sets an appointment? Amen. Now's the appointed time. Today is the day. And, and then the Lord told Moses, he said, go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothing. Be sure that they are ready on the third day. He says, for on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai as all the people watch. And as the blast of the ram's horns grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God thundered his reply. Amen. God likes setting an appointment. Amen. When we come here on Sundays, 
We come here because we took time to meet this week and prepare this appointed time that we would gather together and make ourselves ready, amen, to be tuned in to what the Lord would be saying to us today. And uh, you you prepare, and you make appointments with people. Y'all make appointments with people y'all don't even like. Why? It's part of getting connected. It's part of growing. It's part, amen, of uh, moving forward. Missed kingdom appointments turn into disappointments. And so if you want to value hearing the voice of God, know this, amen, number one, it's natural to hear the voice of God. Amen. And that's why you're born again in the spirit so that you can develop Amen. Your ear to hear God's voice. And number two, secondly, amen, the ability to hear God's voice is learned. Everybody develops in their ability to hear God's voice as they learn about his nature and his character. We excel at New Lodi Fellowship, amen, when we join together, we come together, we group together in small groups. Amen. And we focus on one common vision, one mission, one purpose. And we do that in our growth track here. It's important that there be unity, that everybody says the same thing. Why? Because it's what our daddy says. He's the one that set it up. And pulling everyone in close so that we can learn how to hear more distinctively what God is saying is paramount. It's important needs to be a rally to that. Thirdly, the ability to hear God's voice is matured. That's why we do equip classes. That's why we experience freedom. We, we experience the, the passion to want to be a part of these signs, follow them that believe. We do an ignite class on that so that we can mature. As a mature person, you mature in how you say what you hear God speak. You know, kids will get away with saying, My goodness, man, they're fat. A mature person don't call people fat, right? Yeah, we know that Aunt Susie is is old because she knew Moses. We don't go up and ask Aunt Susie, how old are you? Kids will do that, though, right? And so God wants us to know that We all have been called naturally to hear him, to learn and develop in it so that we become mature. (sighs) It's important that we develop in our hearing maturity. Now, I want to give you a few things here in the next few moments that will help you understand that there are immature ways that Christians operate in hearing in our world. I've been a part of that. I've been immature, more than I like to talk about. But I'm going to give you a few philosophies that's in the Christian movement that validate immature hearing. Number one, every action or every decision requires God's voice philosophy. Now, let me, let me say it this way. When we talk about relationships, do we want God talking to us all the time? Absolutely. I want God talking to me all the time. I want to be hanging out with daddy all the time. I'm listening. I want to fellowship with him. I want to say what he's saying, do what he does. 
But do we want God speaking to us all the time when it comes to instruction or correction? Think about this. As a parent, do you want to always be correcting and instructing your children when they turn 40 and 50? No. No, you don't. And sometimes we give off this idea that, you know, that everything that I do, every action requires, what you want me to do about that, God? Well, God told me I need to cut back on the sugar. Mm, you could have got that out of Reader's Digest or a medical book, right? A little bit of consideration on the fact that sugar really, not, it, don't, it don't do you well. It adds more to the volume of the body, slows you down, lose your breath. Amen? So we don't have to, we give off sometimes this idea to people that's looking for answers that, you know, if I'm going to know Jesus, is, does he look for robots? No, he's looking for relationship. When you come into fellowship with God, amen, he's saying things that he didn't ask you to figure out. He just wants you to trust him. Amen. Not every decision, not every action requires the voice of God. You're in fellowship with him. By nature, you automatically respond. Out of character, you automatically know, amen, instead of be a sad sack, you want to be someone that has a smile on your face. Amen. I don't have to get a word from God on whether or not I should not slap you or not. Is this helping anybody? Whether I should, amen, hug you or not, or whatever it is. And so it's important that we grow up and mature in our hearing. The second immature way that Christians operate in their hearing is the point and hope philosophy. Amen. Uh, I need a word from God, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to close my eyes, open the book up, and point. And that's going to be the will of God for me. You know, a businessman that wasn't doing very well in business closed his eyes, opened the book up, and he read chapter 11. Okay. I'm sorry. Y'all didn't get that one. God's not interested in us being bankrupt, by the way. That's not in his character. That's not his nature. He called us to be prosperous, amen, in our health, in our finances, amen. He wanted us to be the lender, not the borrower. So it's not possible for you to be a businessman that's not doing good in your business to open up the book, Bible, close your eyes, and point, and there's chapter 11 there you're reading. She give a Bible study on the promise and in the process, this point in hope philosophy, you know, it just, it just don't work because you'll wind up doing what I'm going to tell you here. <laughs> One man did this, and I'm going to open the Bible up, and I'm going to do what the Lord tells me. And he opens it up, and he points, and, and then he reads, Judas went out and hanged himself. He said, oh, let me try this again. He closed his eyes, turned the book a little, pointed, and read, go out thou and do likewise. Talking about immaturity. How many Christians are literally hanging themselves because they're not tuned in for station identification? 
How many of us have tried to figure God out and put God's name on it with our own intelligence? Trying to figure out how to live a better life, how to do better, how to be a better person. And we didn't really give God lordship in our heart to tell us what the answer was because we had to know why. Why? Well, I can't figure that out, and I don't know if that's the case. And, and, and when we're postured like that, we've rejected him. The answer that God has for us, you'll never understand it. Why is that, Pastor? Because faith comes by hearing. And faith isn't something you'll ever figure out. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You can have hope, and you have all the faith you need. Do you have the, 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 the prescription on why it works? No, you don't. God said that's not good enough. The reason it's not good enough is because we're full of arrogance and pride. And the best thing that I can do on any given day when I wake up is the first thing I look at in the mirror, deal with my weakness. Celebrate your weakness, humble yourself before God, and out of humility, God will be made strong. I need Jesus to help me today. But at the end of the day, if I can say, look, I figured that out. I know, I know the, the prescription. I understand the formula. I can tell you why it works. I didn't walk with God that day. And I'm taking credit for it because I figured it out. But according to Jesus, at the end of this thing, we're all going to say, look what the Lord has done. That there's no one good, only God. And when we make our connection with God, we take on our true identity through the goodness of God. Amen? And so, the third immature method of hearing from God is whatever will be, will be philosophy. Anybody ever heard that before? Whatever will be, will be? Amen? The reason there's a problem with this philosophy is that we all make mistakes. Whatever will be, will be, doesn't work out for anyone. Why? Because not everything that you hear is God talking. Not everything you conclude equals God is God. We make mistakes. And that is so important for us to gravitate to because God has called us to live a life of maturity. Amen? But the good news today is you can hear from God before you mature. I don't know about y'all, but that's exciting to know that I can hear God's voice and I still don't have it all together. I can hear God's voice and I keep dropping the ball. I can hear God's voice and I'm still battling with anxiety, frustration, fear, doubt, sickness, whatever it is. The good news is wherever you are, you can hear him speak. And he can work with whatever baggage you have because, amen, we take out time and we set an appointment with him. We clear, ourselves, clear out the distractions, amen. We make up, amen, and get honest with God and tell, tell the truth, Lord, I'm mad right now. I'm ticked off. I'm, I'm kind of mad at you. He, he likes us telling the truth. And he'll meet us there, amen, and give us a big hug and say, I understand. 
When you hang out with bad company, bad company will rub off on you. And the enemy is bad company. Amen? Can everybody say amen to that? And I'm not asking for amens. I'm just saying there's something powerful about it when you say it. That the enemy says, uh-oh, they agreed with it. And he's getting ready to run. Amen? The good news is that since we're on this journey with Jesus, we start with him as sheep. And this means we're born with disabilities. Amen? Hard-headedness. Amen? God loves his sheep, and he is devoted to our development in maturity with him. And so God speaks to give life. At 12 years old, Jesus is entertaining the religious group, the Pharisees and the, the priests of the temple, and they're just wowed at how he is letting them know about life. He's just talking life. He's not, he's not talking death. He is speaking life, and he has everybody spellbound at the age of 12. And this is so important for us to get because you, you'll start catching on to something here that's very valid as we bring this message to a close here in the next few moments. Very important. Jesus is 12, and his mom and dad are upset because they can't find him. His stepdad and his biological mother is looking for him, and they've been looking him for him for like three days. And they find him in the temple. Everybody's spellbound by the life that's coming out of him. And he tells his mom, isn't it this what I've appointed to be about my father's business? But they gave him such a rebuke that the scripture says, and he submitted to them and grew in statue and in wisdom. That's how powerful every one of you are. God's trying to tell you something about how he started something in you before you was born. In, his, in your mother's room, he knew you. He, he already set the plans and the parameters, how powerful you are. And he's let all of his creation know to watch. And yeah, you've been through some stuff. And yeah, you can talk about how unfair it's been, amen, for several years. But God knew you and he's been with you the whole time. He hadn't missed any details. Jesus comes in flesh the worst time, the darkest time in history. Amen. And he becomes a light to the world. Very bad time in history. When you read about it and you, you read about the, 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 the emperors and Nero and, and what they were doing, I know that some of that stuff's going on today too. And our world's messed up. But Jesus came in a time where he died the death, paid the debt off, and ushers his kingdom in. And that's what I wanted to get to so that you'll understand the kingdom. He ushered, yes, he ushered the kingdom in. Well, that's supposed to happen one day. Well, if it's supposed to happen one day, then you've got to wait on all this joy, peace, and righteousness or this innocence that God wants you to experience today. No. God wants you to experience righteousness, which is innocence in him through his blood, peace that passeth understanding, joy that's unspeakable and full of glory today. Does anybody agree with that? I mean, I don't understand it, but yes, Lord. I can't figure it out, but yes, Lord. And so... <laughs> Jesus, his time has not yet come yet. And they're at this wedding, and his mom comes up to him, and she's breaking her rules. She said, I need you to come today. 
I need you to take care of this matter now. And he says, my time isn't yet. And she had such an influence on moms can do something with kids, can't they? And he yields to her before his time. And everybody got the benefits from him yielding. And the wine was the best. But this is where we want to go with this today because this is so important for all of us. Jesus' time came when he walked down in the water at Jordan. And he says to John, I need you to baptize me. And when John baptizes him, the heavens opened and the Spirit descended upon him like a dove. This is telling you something about you. And a voice from heaven spoke and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. His time had come. He comes up out of that water and he goes into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted of the enemy. Amen. And that temptation had to do with death. Had to do with right and wrong. Good and evil. And the enemy tempts him in all points that you get tempted in all the time. Every one of us. You see, Adam dealt with that in the beginning and when he yielded to the temptation guilt and shame nakedness fear came why is adam fear what what is it about deciding what i believe is right and wrong that brings fear to me how is that because once you determine what you feel like right and wrong is now you got to deal with, well, I don't know what God thinks about it. And he, what he thinks about it not, may not equal what you think about it. Got to catch this because the enemy's working overtime to bring all this guilt, this shame, this fear, this doubt, this unbelief. And the next thing you know, you lose all faith in God because my measurements don't equal God's measurements. And since that don't equal, I don't even know if I believe in God now. And our world is full of that right now, questioning God because they haven't developed in their hearing of his voice. So God sends Moses, a type of Christ, to Egypt. And Moses goes in there as the mouthpiece of God to say to Pharaoh, let my people go. Because I want them to come out. I've made an appointment to talk with them. Moses does his job, God does his job, and the people are delivered from Egypt to go out and worship God. Now, this is the scene that God was so into in worship, and he don't change. The thing that God's looking for from all of us when we worship is this. He invites all of Israel to come up and hear him speak. But Israel feared because they lived in Egypt, which is the type of the world where everything's measured right and wrong, good and evil. And they say to Moses, we're afraid. You go up, Moses. You hear from him, and you come back and tell us what he said. What did that do to Israel? It caused them to have to circle a mountain for 40 years because they wouldn't go up 
and listen, which means they wouldn't go up and worship him. And their ear did not develop. They never matured in hearing the voice of God. So that group that was in Egypt, the world, dies off. Everybody that was in Egypt dies except for Joshua and Caleb. And God comes back to the group that wasn't in Egypt, that had been hanging out close enough to Joshua and Caleb and Moses that they got to figuring this thing out. It might be wise that we pay attention to what God's saying. And he make, God makes an appointment. You send the people down to Jordan, you let them sit down, and I want them to sanctify themselves. I want, I want them to clear out the distractions. I want them to take all the frustrations and the, 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 the challenges of life, and I want them to leave them here at Jordan, a type of baptism. Leave it there. And I baptize you. They're going to be baptized shortly. But I want them to be prepared for this baptism. And on the third day, God comes. You read in your Bible. And after they prepared themselves for the appointment, God comes down and he blasts his response to them. What does it do to them? Boldness comes upon them. A zeal. They don't, man, I know something. I, I can't tell you how I know, but I know it. And this is what happened, y'all. We got to catch this. The waters of Jordan split, and they walk through the river of Jordan. They walk up to Jericho, walls that were impregnable. They were having chariot races on the top of those walls. You couldn't get in. Any military genius would tell you, uh, this ain't happening. But all of them heard God say. And all he told them was, I want you to go cross it, and I want you to circle that walls. And they circled that wall. Seven days they circled the wall. On the seventh day, they circled it seven times. Because God said, this isn't logical, y'all. This is not adding up. I'm not, I can't figure this one out. And they circled it seven times. And he said, hey, when you get through circling it the seventh, I want you to sound a blast from the horns. And then I want you to shout. What, what, what's going on here? Worship. I can't figure God out, but hey, don't matter. I know something. I don't know how he's going to. That's his problem. My, my part is to worship. My part is to tune in for station identification. My part is to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And so they're hearing Amen, God. And when they did exactly what he said, can't figure it out, it's not logical, the walls come down. That portion belonged to God. Let's move this quicker because we're closing with this point. Jesus comes, and I love it. He clears the path. The first man, Adam, fell. But him, Jesus, is a type and shadow of the second man, Adam, that didn't fall. He stood strong. And he shows us as an example how to hear and only speak what you hear. And he says some pretty interesting things. If you hadn't read the Bible, go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and just consider some of the things that Jesus said. Things you couldn't understand. Matter of fact, there was a whole group of people, like several thousand, that left him the same day because they didn't understand a word he said. Well, Pastor, that's kind of, no, they didn't have an ear yet. That same group comes back at the appointed time. 
God's so good. Yeah. I, I got people in my life that are special to me. And they influenced my life to believe a certain way. And, and God worked with it, but it wasn't necessarily right because it had measurements in it of right and wrong, good and evil. That belongs to God. Only God can determine right and wrong, good and evil. But we keep, everybody in this room gets tempted with it all the time. I'm sitting at the red light, and I've already concluded what's right and wrong because I shouldn't be sitting at this red light right now. And my temptation is I need to run it because I'm wasting time. And if the city manager knew what was right, he would get this fixed and the lights would be synchronized. But if I run the red light, I get the ticket. Then you got to pay the ticket, which is okay. Hard-headed, run the red light, pay the ticket. See if you run the red light next time. And until you get over the fact that I can't figure this out and that I'm at this red light because I need to be at this red light and grow up. I need to mature. How many times has the breath of God came on me at a red light? It's amazing when uh, all of a sudden all the green, all, I just got green lights. Just, I, I'm catching all green lights now. Somebody's looking for that and you haven't experienced that yet. And the Lord wants you to know he set it up to where you could get in with him and life will become free. Freedom. Light and easy. Hadn't met very many Christians that have a light and easy testimony with Jesus. And they're blaming it on Jesus and it's not him. You can take that book called the Bible and you can open it up and start measuring everything in our world. Right and wrong, good and evil. And if you're doing that, you're not hearing daddy's voice. When you catch the spirit of the one penning the letter, it won't say what you read from this mind. It'll start saying something else to you that brings life. And so Jesus is, went to the cross. He's died the death. And he's standing before 500. And he tells them, go back to Jerusalem. And I want you to tarry until you be endowed with power from on high. I want you to hang out there for your appointed time. And if you'll stay right there and hang out right there, this is to happen in Acts 2. It happens at 4, 8, 10, 19. Same thing. They hung out for seven days. It didn't take seven days in Acts 4, Acts 8, 10, 19. But they just hung out and hung out. Amen. And all of a sudden there came a sound from heaven as of, as of. Wasn't a wind, it was like as of a wind, it was the Spirit of God. And the Spirit came upon them like as of fire. Come on, when you get filled with the Spirit, you're gonna get it, you're gonna catch on fire. Oh, that's what's gonna happen. It's appointed, it's appointed by it says it right there next to this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. This is what that was showing. This is the revelation of Joel, the prophetic utterance. This is what's going to happen to all flesh. And as they were being filled with the Spirit, 
they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Why? Because they're hearing what their father's saying. And they're saying what their father, they hear their father say. They have met their appointed time. It wasn't about the tongues. It was about the appointed time. We don't seek tongues, ladies and gentlemen. We seek him. And when you get filled with him, you can't help but say what he's saying. And he's not going to take your native language and verify. He can. I'm saying he can't do it. He chose the different, he chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. What, what, why are these people? They're not in our country. They're saying they're speaking in our own language, other tongues, other languages of the earth, not unknown tongues. Unknown tongues is a gift given to the believer. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, unknown tongues. That's a gift of the Spirit for the ministry of the body, to edify the body. Amen? But other tongues, these men speak in our, but they don't know our land. How is it they're praising God? They're praising God and worshiping God. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Can God lie? Does God change? But my need to measure something, whether right or wrong, and the influences in my life that are religious, Hold me captive to fear. And most people I talk to fear this experience because they can't explain it. Uh, I can drop the mic there. The need to explain an experience from God already told you what tree you're at. God set this up to where you can't explain him, but you can experience him. And when you hear him, faith comes. And when faith comes and you get on fire, you really don't care what anybody says. All that matters is what daddy says. And what daddy's doing right now, <laughs> I know it looks foolish to you only because you're standing at the wrong tree. If you get over here to the tree of life, it ain't foolish no more. It's like, yeah, bring it on. Give me more because I'm not naked. I'm not fretful. I'm not full of anxiety. I'm not offended. I'm not sick. I'm not full of disease. I mean, I'm, all this debt going on. I've been set free. I'm at the right tree. And it's worship when I go with it and I don't have to explain it. I need my people, Pharaoh, to come out from you so they can worship me. Everybody in this room has your appointed time. Some of you today will get it. You may wait. It's your choice. God does not make us do anything. But you're going to get hungrier. The more you keep coming here, you're going to get hungrier and hungrier until the point you say, hmm, I've been worried about what other people think. Lord, forgive me. I changed the way I think. All that matters is what you think. And since you don't change, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this thing started, you said at this point in time, I'm standing out of my appointment. Come to your house and come on in, Dad. Take over. This is the temple that belongs to you. And this most unruly member right here to call the tongue is submitted to you. Anybody want to make sure that tongue submitted to him? Let him talk through you until you catch on fire. Amen. So how many here today as we stand 
would like to be set free from anger. Set free from offense. Sickness. Guilt. Shame. Debt. You want to be set free from the evidence that says, I need more than what I have. Because if daddy's in his house, it's his promise that I have dominion and authority over all these things and put them under my feet. Now, y'all do understand. I'm, I'm telling you this because I love you. But the things that I'm dealing with, with this guy, I'm finding out there's still some lies that support it. And I'm not okay with those lies hanging out and allowing that to stay in my life. Is anybody not okay with lies hanging out? Because if you want to if you want to slap them, if you want to beat somebody up, it's because you believe a lie. The person that you want to beat up, God's in love with. So how did this separation happen? Well, the Lord don't understand, you see. They're wrong and I'm right. And I'm not okay. And as long as they keep doing this, they need to change so I can have a better day. And there's this gap between you and God. And he wants you to come over here and experience his love on the level that is your time to experience so that you can go back to that person you want to knock out and just slobber all over them and let them know how much daddy loves them and how much you love them. Anybody want to go there with Jesus? Does anybody believe Jesus can give you that kind of presence and dynamic today in the spirit that you just fall in love with everybody he's in love with? Because anything less than how he loves Anything less than how he loves my sister is called hate. Yeah, Brother Jamie was telling me what he got out of that book on the bait of Satan. I said, man, that's exactly where I read that. I forgot, about, I forgot him saying that. Anything less than how God loves you is called hate. And I don't have time for that lie to hang out in my life. Somebody wants your coat, give them your cloak also. Boy, it's going to take Jesus for that to happen now. Does anybody want to dispel the lies that keep supporting the pain you're going through, the anxiety, the fear, the doubt, the frustration? Anybody want to dispel them? Well, it's time to open up and let him come to his house on a level that everything in you that's not right comes out as you let him utter through you. Amen. Worship. Father, I thank you. Anybody want to pray this with me? You can pray it with me. Oh, Lord, I, I thank you right now that you trusted me by giving your life 2,000 years ago, shedding your blood so that I could hear your voice and in hearing your voice you can make me into your image so that I could better serve your purpose your kingdom those that you love Lord thank you in advance for coming to me like you did in Acts 2 
as a rushing mighty wind, as fire falling from heaven, as you came to them in Acts chapter 4 and filled them with boldness. Ah, Lord, do what you did with them in Acts 8 and Acts 10 and Acts 19. Ah, you meant for this to happen to all flesh. And Lord, we're not going to be satisfied with anything less than a supernatural experience of coming in to our time as your children. Now is the appointed time. Be filled with the Spirit. Let the Lord give you a hug from heaven right now. He's as real as you'll let him be. Amen. Let him show up and show out in your spirit right now. For all you that want to come down and get prayer, God bless you guests for being here. Thank you for coming. Well, we're going to hang out with Jesus for a little bit. Amen. And let him love on us and get filled with the spirit. God bless you. Thank you.